Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi there and welcome again to the Explaining History podcast. Today I want to talk about uh, the Soviet peasantry. The reason why is because there are powerful kind of connections with uh, the the current crisis in in Russia and Ukraine. Uh, Of course, uh, Stalin's persecution of the Soviet peasantry wasn't just isolated to Ukraine. It was it was um, a Russia a USSR wide phenomena uh, in Russia, Belarusia, uh, Ukraine, uh, and other parts of the uh, Soviet Union. Uh, but what particularly Ukraine is particularly devastated by Stalinism, because what Stalin was seeking to do was to simply expropriate the peasants to take their surplus grain, take the the wealth of the peasants and to use that in order to rapidly industrialise. And he does it in an extremely violent manner um, that uh, results in famines. As you can see now, um, the Ukraine is one of these parts of the world that still is capable of producing enormous food surpluses. uh, And the, the blockade of the Ukraine um, shows that, you know, throws parts of the world into dire peril of famine. 
also, um, and it's, it's not the business of this podcast particularly to try to kind of guess what Vladimir Putin is doing, but the... Um, uh, the the acquisition the, the acquisition or the reacquisition of Ukraine as a strategic asset in a time of climate crisis and all these sorts of things um, uh, part of his um, original uh, sort of um, strategizing must in must in uh, have been influenced by um, the the value of Ukraine so in, in order to look at how the Soviet peasantry um, operate um, f- fitted into Stalin's calculations. We're going to look at Russian peasants and Soviet power uh, by Moshe Lewin. Um, it's an excellent uh, exploration of the uh, the peasantry in the Soviet state. It's slightly misleading in that, as mentioned, the the peasantry was not exclusively Russian, um, but. You know, other than other than that, it's is a superb book, and it helps us to understand who the Russian peasants were. You know, I've obviously talked an awful lot um, about Sheila Fitzpatrick's um, everyday Stalinism, and everyday Stalinism is focused on urban uh, the, uh, uh, urban life. It's not focused on the peasantry at all, and she's quite um, sort of explicit about that to to begin with. So this helps us to look at the people who were in in many ways most affected by Stalinism, uh, most negatively affected by Stalinism, the Soviet peasants and, and who they were. So we're looking at chapter two, uh, the problem of class stratification within the peasantry. And Moshi Lewin writes, the peasantry, which had proved an indispensable ally during the October days and an unpredictable and troublesome support during the, Octo- during the civil war, continued to figure largely in the regime's concerns a source of perpetual political and doctrinal anxiety. During the new economic policy, um, this was uh, Lenin's limited reintroduction of capitalism into Russia uh, after the devastation of war communism and the civil war. During NEP, the divergence between the fundamental aspirations of the peasantry and those of the Soviet regime became more marked. The peasantry, declared Trotsky, is a a protoplasm out of which new classes emerged in the past and are continuing to emerge in the present. Lenin, in even more alarming terms, said that day by day, hour by hour, the peasantry is engendering capitalism. So why would either Lenin or Trotsky say such things? Well, if you go back before the revolution to the uh, reform you know, I, I put it in the loosest possible sense. The uh, reform uh, reforms of uh, Pyotr Stolypin, who tried to create, tried to sort of break up the uh, village, the village communes, the mir, um, and introduce um, less collectivized, less kind of collective um, thinking into the mir, um, and more private ownership what the, this is where the kind of the, the the kulak class in modern times it emerges from this is where you get um a sort of a stratification of life in villages of poorer peasants that aren't very good at farming or aren't very disciplined or very hard working or very business like um and perhaps a bit more prone to drinking uh, and then a smaller number of more successful peasants who go on to um, own a bit of land and own some resources. And this stratification within the villages was uh, after the uh, after October 1917 
people like Lenin and then Stalin would point to that and say, look, there are the capitalists of the future because they own capital. They own resources. They're able to hire cheap labour. Um, and when they hire cheap farm labour from their neighbours, um, what happens is they take the results of that, you know, crops, grain, livestock to market and then they retain the profit and they only have to keep doing that and they'll get bigger and bigger and then you have a capitalist class and if you have a capitalist class one day it won't want the Bolsheviks in charge. By the middle of 1924 NEP had already proved itself by having gotten the way uh, again an economy which had been wrecked by the civil war but this was not enough. Great dangers continued to beset the regime. The resumption, modest as yet, of economic life following the recovery of agriculture was accompanied by a rebirth of what the party called, referred to as agrarian capitalism. Officially, the hiring of wage labour by village entrepreneurs and the lease of agricultural land was prohibited, but in fact no one could fail to notice that capitalist relationships, um, hence the use of wage labour and the lease of land, had taken root in the countryside that illegal capitalism was proceed was in the process of developing and that as an inevitable consequence new stratification and forming within the peasantry a new stratification was forming within the peasantry whose fortunes had undergone a marked leveling out process during the revolution and the civil war the left of the party was alarmed by these disquieting signs but the group in power was inclined to minimize the negative aspects of this trend and to stress rather the practical and tangible gains of the new economic policy. Um, the, left wished, the, the left wished, while continuing uh, with NEP, to introduce, introduce a series of socialist measures, planning, industrialisation, and perhaps a few steps in the direction of collectivisation, and simultaneously to initiate action to limit the growth of the kulaks. The group in power was ruled by a different logic, that of an increase in concern uh, in concessions to the peasantry. So here we can see the beginnings of a uh, a division within the party. Um, part of the uh, the left of the party looking to slow down uh, and perhaps even uh, cancel NEP to um, start to bring about um, forced mass industrialisation and the, uh, the state-led transformation of the economy. The kulaks, um, the wealthy uh, Soviet peasants, were, were tolerated. Uh, they were tolerated only as long as the state couldn't think of what to do with them. And throughout the 1920s, there is a kind of much of a quandary about what to do with them until Stalin really sets out what the policy must be. Um, and the the approach to the the peasants is going to be f um, forced and brutal. The the peasants, in the eyes of many Bolsheviks, um, were, were a class to be treated with great suspicion. Many Bolsheviks who had been in and out of Soviet pri of uh, Tsarist prisons had long memories of the people who. Um, essentially pointed rifles at them or locked them behind bars and often these were um, Russian Tsarist Russian soldiers they were sons of peasants or essentially peasants in uniform and the conclusion that many people like Lenin and Trotsky drew from this was that the peasants were impressionable they weren't really the kind of 
good revolutionary class that's educated and um, mobilized and motivated in the correct ways. Instead, this is a social class that can be bought off with a bit of land, that can be encouraged to march to war um, in favor of the Tsar, um, that can be bamboozled by religion or superstition or folklore or tradition or any of these things. And the, the view that the Bolsheviks had was that there wasn't a revolutionary consciousness here. By consciousness, I mean a revolutionary way of thinking about seeing and understanding the world. Instead, what there was, was a, a kind of a, a pre-revolutionary man who hadn't been through uh, the process that the proletariat had, the process of being kind of shaped by modernity itself. Um, when um, the... Uh, Chinese Communist Party in in the 1930s um, as Mao um, after the Long March became um, the main influential figure um, when the when Mao began to articulate his views on revolution that revolution itself didn't necessarily need an industrialized working class uh, and that the majority of uh, the world population was still peasant and that peasantry could be encouraged to to rise up and take um, the take the revolution in sort of kind of anti-colonial, anti-imperial directions, but also to skip the phase of capitalism completely. And this again isn't to Marxist-Leninist doctrine. This is an anathema. This is something you don't do. Um, you can't just leave out a, a developmental phase in world in in um, uh, Marxist-Leninist uh, dialectics. So by about 1925, um, the left of the party isn't calling the shots, um, and uh, Moshe Lewin writes at the beginning of 1925. Then NEP entered a second phase during which the restrictions impeding the free course of, pri um, of the private peasant economy were lifted. The hiring of wage labour and the lease of land were authorised in order to liquidate the vestiges of war communism. As Premier Rykov explained to the party officials, administrative measures and repression would now no longer be allowed even in dealing with kulaks. Only economic measures would be permissible, and in particular, the use of fiscal policy, but also deprivation of the right to vote, although this was not an economic measure, together with so-called positive policy, the aim of which would be to help the peasants. As early as May 1924, Zinoviev was worried by the fact that something new has just begun as a result of NEP. The countryside is undergoing a process of class stratification. The regime had won support within the prosperous sector of the peasantry, um, which for Zinoviev was a disquieting symptom. And yet Zinoviev, who was soon to find, uh, find himself dramatically opposed to the very policy which he was then advocating, declared that instead of relentlessly bringing pressure to bear on the kulak... When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. One must help the the middle peasant help the poor peasant. The clearest and most optimistic description of this new phase of NEP was given by Bukharin in the famous watchword, Get Rich. This was apparently addressed to the peasantry as a whole, but it could only have one result. The beneficiaries of party and governmental favours were, on the whole, the enterprising and well-to-do peasants, notes historian E.H. Carr. But these peasants were inevitably becoming kulaks. So you have this curious paradox that the, the, the process of creating kulaks that had begun uh, in sort of embryonic uh, terms uh, under Stolypin, when the, uh, the Romanov dynasty um, was in power, is, this is continued by the, the Bolsheviks as a result of their desperation, as a result of the, the crisis that the Civil War had created. I mean, Trotsky famously said at the end of the Civil War, words to the effect of, we won the Civil War but destroyed the country uh, as a result in, in order to do so. And so um, Lenin was very much about you know, having short-term strategic withdrawals where they are, they are necessary. But in the eyes of the, the left of the party... Um, and this is where Stalin eventually kind of um, uh, makes his stand. Um, in the eyes of the left of the party, what's happening is the, the destruction of the Bolsheviks, um, of the new Soviet regime, is being stored up for later on uh, by this creation of the Kulak class. From 1925 onwards... As a result of the inevitable interplay of market laws and of factors peculiar to a primitive agricultural society, the process of stratification within the peasantry increased and the Soviet regime was faced with another new class movement within the agricultural masses, a movement which ran counter to the regime's own objectives, a stratification similar to that of uh, of the pre-war period was beginning to emerge and was causing widespread disillusion uh, among uh, the party and the peasantry, the, the poor peasantry. Many of them had fought for the Soviet regime on various fronts, or had requisition, uh, requi- requisitioned grain, 
uh, from village exploiters, only to find that the government was now favouring these self-same property owners, and even the grasping kulaks themselves. The latter were meanwhile seizing control of the countryside, and beginning to support uh, the poor man's Soviet regime. This situation caused great anxiety amongst the leadership, and spread confusion amongst the activists. Opinions varied as to the extent to which these processes had taken root, and the dangers which might arise from them. This was a source of discord which caused some of the bitterest disputes within the party. But even the optimistic right-wing could not remain indifferent to the progress of the better of strata in the villages, and their growing influence among the mass of the peasantry. So, again, the, uh, the party sees from these social developments the possibility of political developments. And this is kind of what happens, I guess, where, you know, name any political party in the world and you'll have to find the social relations that created it, um, the people that vote for it and who they are and what they see their interests as being... Um, and the people who are party members and the people who finance it. They are all the product of particular social relations and they are the, um, uh, the they, they are normally formed into particular social classes. So many people in the in the party were um, troubled by the NEP. They looked at it and thought, well, why is this uh, policy being enacted? that we spent such a long time waging war against during the Civil War, you know, and uh, lost so many of our of our comrades. Um, and it was, uh, uh, as I said, until st only in, um, in the advent of Stalin that, the, that, that there is a real fundamental break in 1928. Um, it was abundantly clear, writes Moshe Lewin, it was abundantly clear that the free dynamic of NEP um, was producing kulaks in the countryside as well as NEP men in the towns. And the NEP men are the, the middlemen, the market traders, kind of gangsters and um, uh, sort of hustlers um, who had emerged as a result of the NEP and also who, who benefited from the downfall of the nobility. Um, the, the NEP men would often be seen... Uh, with wearing fur coats and driving uh, Rolls Royces, um, with a, uh, a a couple of mistresses who were often uh, the the wives of murdered noblemen uh, during the Civil War, um, and the, uh, the you know they had acquired these things at a knockdown rate from from the the nobility. Um, even the optimistic Bukharin, who foresaw Rastanyi. Um, integration of the kulaks under the socialist system nevertheless looked on this class as an alien even a hostile one if conditions unfavorable to the regime were to develop there was the risk that the Schmicke, um alliance of hostile classes nurtured by NEP might combine against the Soviet government bear in mind during the civil war um, the uh, during the in in 1921, the Soviet Union had faced uh, a massive peasant uprising, the Antonov Revolt, um, and this was something that uh, during the Civil War that Lenin said he feared far more 
than the white armies that the the idea that the um, that the peasants on mass might um, rebel and control food supplies uh, Lenin could see the, the the destruction of the regime uh, if the Antonov wasn't wasn't defeated which of, of course it, it was for this reason it was of primary importance for the regime and its theoreticians to find out and to define as precisely as possible the degree of stratification the extent of each stratum and its economic strength. However, the task was one of great complexity. The researchers and politicians worked within the context of certain basic concepts handed down to them by Lenin. Um, that is, the Batrak, Berdniak, Serednyak, and Kulak. These being the, the, the different uh, present class of uh, stratifications. Definitions of these categories caused difficulty enough, but there were still further complications. Among the Saradniaks, for example, distinctions were made between the Malamoshni, the weak, the Zaitoshni, the better off, and the Krepki, strong. Nor did that list end there. There was no question that the poorer peasants were harshly exploited by the Kulaks. The four basic categories undoubtedly existed, but these facts eluded definition and research because of because the interrelationships of peasant society at this time were blurred and because the terms in which the party sought to express these realities were inadequate. Um, two further obstacles presented the party's Marxist researchers from f fully grasping the reality of, class, of the class situation in the countryside. The researcher was subject to, changing, uh, to the changing political line followed by the party, and was also affected by the climate of the political struggles um, between opposing forces which were raging within the party at the time. The risk of his being labelled a member of the opposition considerably distorted the course and conclusions of, re um, of research, so people were very careful about, what the, about the conclusions they came to. Another handicap was the weakness of party cadres assigned to, the, to agriculture in general, and in particular to scientific research on the peasantry. So, in a way, the, the party kind of acts like anthropologists, um, travelling into this um, hinterland which many of them do not know uh, many of them are unfamiliar with um, most party members have lived urban lives up until that point and the way in which they talk about the peasants the, the, the language that they, uh, they use the way they classify them put them into different groups um, really does kind of other the peasantry in the eyes of the uh, uh, of the party Um and they are looking for how and what, how the the peasantry uh, as a social class has developed and changed, and what that means and what that shows, uh, and what implications there are for the uh, future survival of of the Soviet Union. Now, as we shall see as we look further into this, um, the way in which the state classifies the peasants and the way in which it records peasants takes names and gets a sort of a sense of, of who is who using censuses and all these these sorts of devices is a matter of life and death um and there are people who later on who are classified as kulaks um uh, find themselves in camps or in front of um the uh the the, the three-man troikas who decided life and death so um the the process of 
the development of the Kulak class and then the process of the classification of the Kulak class is a very, very serious business. Um, but as far as the Soviet state was concerned, you need to do these things to prevent rival um, social classes from emerging that will create uh, enemy political um, or even military um, uh, movements. And you also need to be able to control the people that make food in order to remove the surplus of that food, sell it overseas for foreign income to buy machinery or use it to um, or subsidize it and use it to feed workers cheaply. And so one way in which the Soviet Union in the 1930s can be seen is is a, a kind of a, a, a violent robbery by the state against the peasantry. Anyway, thanks very much, and I'll catch you on the next Explaining History podcast. Um, do remember to pop by and find us at uh, the Explaining History Facebook page, and I look forward to seeing you there soon. Take good care, everyone. All the best. Bye-bye. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.